It ain't that simple, mate. Hello and welcome to It Ain't That Simple, mate, the Bright Hope World podcast, where we are looking at poverty and partnership and missions and all things related to being of service to the poorest of the poor around the world. My name's Fraser Scott. I'm here with Kevin Honore. Hey, Kev, how you doing? Yeah, doing well, Fraser. Thanks. And well, today we're looking at, uh, we're sort of moving uh, pace a little bit, and we're looking at how you partner with the poor to be of service, to help. Uh, we've we've covered uh, a bit of ground here. We've looked at uh, understanding what poverty is. We've looked at uh, where one would find the poor. And then last time we looked at uh, what it's like to be poor as, as far as we can uh, understand describing some of their experiences. And, and now we're taking that uh, knowledge and starting to look at the, the pointy end of things, if you like, and, and how you can actually uh, partner with the poor to help. Now, we're Bright Hope World, uh, Kev, we talk about partnership a lot. Uh, what does it mean? What does it mean to partner with the poor? What, what does partnership look like? Wow. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, how long is a piece of string? There's a lot of components to that that question. I guess the the bottom line thing is is finding the right people. I guess if, if, if you've, you know, I, I keep saying frequently, if you've got the right people in the room, you'll end up with the right outcomes. And and I think it's, it's a little bit the same here as we observe it. Um, as we engage with the poor, we're you know, seriously looking for local people there who want to make a difference, who have a sense of purpose and call to that and somehow have developed some strategy that's working. Um, so we try, to, we try to find people who are already doing something. Um, Here's the thing, though, because you, you can find those people, and I think that's, if anything is, is strength of the Bright Hope World team, it is finding those exceptional people. Yeah. But I think, you know, we know, and, and lots, of, lots of people, lots of organisations can find those people. How do you engage with them to, to get the best out of that relationship? Because, you know, boy, I, I hear that term partnership bandied around a lot. And then when you see what that actually looks like in practice, often it's the white guy telling the non-white guy what to do with his money. That's not really partnership. So, you know, how do you engage in a way that really honours that relationship and brings the best out of it? And that's such an important part of the whole deal is 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 defining what you mean by, by partnership. Um, and it is a lot more than just a financial transaction. You know, from our point of view, First of all, it's about being really good friends with people, and I guess the the two factors that that I guess form the foundation of of that is taking the time to get to know people and eating lots of food, yeah. Dr- drinking lots of coffee. Yeah. That's, that's and, our spiritual and, gifting. And other things. Well, I'm I'm kind of I've got the ideal profile for that as well, but. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it just takes it just takes time and and hanging out with people and and, and so you know part of our role my, by our I mean Helen and my role with Bright Hope is is to find the you know these 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 great people and, and that just takes time. So you know we would visit two or three times before we made any decision as to whether this is going to work or not, whether we like them and they like us because it is a mutual thing. So you're talking really years of. 
uh, building relationship before what we would call partnership really initiates, where things become you know, a, a little bit more formalised, where you're working together, you're, you're taking that time to get to know them and, and looking at what? I mean, you know, how they interact in their community, their family. You really want to be able to trust these people at some depth. Yeah, totally. And, you know, we would say it's at least two or three visits before you move past the relationship stage to the partnership stage, you know, like you say, when you're doing something together. And, yeah, and, and it, it just it just takes time because, you know, there are NGOs out there teaching people how to write proposals for NGOs. And, and we, we've got to just move past all of that stuff because that's not – you know, having a, a thick wad of paper on your desk isn't isn't enough. Um, we want to be involved with those people. We want to go stay with those people. Normally, we would actually go and stay in their home with them So, because we want to know them as people before we want to know what they do. In fact, sometimes, most cases, the first time we're there, we wouldn't even be particularly talking about what they're doing. It's, it's just trying to find out who they are. And, um, you know, we in one other podcast referred to the fact, you know, sometimes that we would we would stay almost overstay our welcome so that we get we get below the below the superficial and 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 you see what people are really like. You know, when somebody knocks on the door at two o'clock in the morning, um, how do they react? Uh, how do they treat people when they when they're inconvenienced by people? Yeah. So staying long enough to see that kind of. To get beyond the superficial yeah, to the, niceties. Yeah, the knee-jerk reaction that they have, and tells us that tells us a lot about about people. And yeah, so it's it just takes time and and, and being there. We, I find that traveling with people is is quite a good idea, especially if it's close quarters. Uh, stuck in the back seat of a Toyota or a Suzuki Swift or something, um, or on the back of a Ute traveling through. <laughs> Through the back roads of Africa, that tells you quite a bit about people. Uh, but just just hanging out. Um, first of all, it's about who we are, not what we do, and 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 that's one of the things that that um, yeah is, is is pretty important. And and in terms of time, two to three visits, um, probably a minimum of eighteen months, maybe up to three years. In fact, we've had one or two partnerships. Uh, I'm thinking particularly of the one and one of the ones in Zimbabwe where we'd known these people for ten years before we actually started with them. Um, and we we often say, don't we, that time is our friend here. Yeah. You know, the, the the problems that we're dealing with are chronic. Yeah. They they're not going away in a hurry. Yeah. There's you know, without being callous, you know, there there is time enough to make sure that we engage mm. Uh, well, you know, in in a way that is going to be conducive to long term relationship. Yeah, because you've got to build trust, and then once as as the partnership, as the, the friendship starts to develop, then of course you start sharing what your values are, and and, and that comes up in the in the natural course of of, of conversation and of of hanging out together. Um, uh, and so you, you you pick up those those values that they are, they are seeking to to live by and and apply in their ministry and whatever they're doing and, and you just kind of build a layer on layer like that. One of the realities, and and you see it in some countries more than others, um, but you know I think of of you know arriving to meet people in, in India and you are treated 
extraordinarily well, you know, despite their colonial history. You know, I remember arriving at a school in Uganda and there's, there's columns of kids, you know, cheering and just wanting to, to touch your white skin. And, and so there's this uh, huge amount of honour and, and deferential behaviour that we we hit when we go into these places. Yeah. It, it would be easy enough, would it not, to sort of take that on. You know, we come, we, we're you know, making the choice about yeah. whether or not we're going to fund these things. So there is a, there's a massive power imbalance by definition. So how do you then, in, in that power imbalance, how do you correct that? How do you avoid taking that on so that you can actually come at these sort of things as equal partners? Well, yeah, you, you, you have to get past that, that, that veneer. Um, um, you know, when we first started doing a lot of this, and again, probably particularly in India, that was a little bit of a shock to us because we were never treated with any kind of uh, fanfare when we when we walk around New Zealand. And yeah, when you come into the office, <laughs> certainly not. Uh, so that's that's a little bit of a shock, and you do have to you know to push past that. And uh, and I, I would just say you've just got to. Be there for long enough to 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 see what the what the hearts of the people are. Um, it could it would be in some cases easy to to misinterpret that as being you know well they're just trying to suck up to us so they can uh, they can get some money from us. But it it isn't like that. They're genuinely um, you know in most cases genuinely are, are welcoming you and and hospitality is such a big thing for. Uh, for people and 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 you know when you when you go first meet people, they have all sorts of expectations. They they've they're a bit afraid that they'll do the wrong thing. Um, uh, they've maybe had experience with with other NGOs who operate differently with a different set of values. That you know getting the signature is what it's all about or, or whatever. So so you've just got to just be aware of that and 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 um, you know deal with it and then yeah move past and, and get and get to the the table and the the eating and the and the the time that's required to to, to dig a little deeper we talked uh, in one of the previous podcasts about you know understanding the definition of poverty understanding it's it's relational understanding we all carry some of that in different ways and and you know i, I suppose you could see culture as those four key relationships that we talked about, you know, dialed up and down to, to different levels. Is that, you know, understanding that, un- understanding that we we are all beggars coming together, you know, helping people to find bread, is that part of it, you know, is, is coming with um, a, a bit of humility? Oh, absolutely. Know, understanding our own limitations as culture. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, and unfortunately, that's not the way it was done in the past because you know uh, a lot of the expansion of of evangelical missions in, in recent times and kind of the modern era uh, was done on the back of colonialism, and so so there was you know a lot of confusion and and uh, um, yeah misunderstanding around who these people were and how they came and. And inevitably, they came with with a some some degree of colonial mindset. That, that's that's the world they were brought up in. And, and what, that's what does the that world. look like? Though, Kevin? You know, when you talk about colonial mindset, and we've probably both travelled with people that you quietly suspect have a bit of that. Huh. What, what are the what are the red flags? What are the warning signs that maybe someone stepping into a potential partnership 
from this end hasn't quite got their head on right. Yeah, uh, probably the the word that describes it is paternalism. They they see people, you know, that the, they are the ones that are the parents, and and these are like little children, and they, and they treat them like little children. Um, and, and that can that that can be, in in, in many ways, it can be. Um, you know, economic paternalism. It can be information paternalism. There's just a whole series of those things, and 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 the the whole, as you talked about before, the the power, the who 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 is in charge, who uh, who gives permission. Um, you know, those those sorts of those sorts of attitudes are, and and it's it's very easily seen when you sit down and you start talking about what these people are doing, um, and what you know what these local people want to do, what their vision is. Uh, the paternalistic person is always offering good ideas from how we do it, and uh, this is what we would do, and this is what we think you should do, and, and it, it just um, it's it's actually quite prevalent, uh, more prevalent than than um, some people would care to admit, probably, and 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 there's a degree to which you just have to limit the way you. You think about these things. You have to control your urge to say, because we and as Westerners, Bite we're your yeah, we're, as Westerners, we, we're taught up to be problem solvers and 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 in a sense to have short time frames and to, and to to very quickly come up with ways of doing things. Um, and just you know, most of those are, are entirely un, inappropriate. So so we have to curb our desire to do that. And and if you don't have some some sort of um, I guess experience in this very easy just to blurt stuff out, and um, and it's not helpful at all. Yeah, it, ma- it makes me think. I don't know. You will have heard the the proverb of the tale of the elephant and the mouse, mm-hmm. and they you know they come together, and the elephant has a, a great regard for the mouse, and so they they have a party and they dance around the bonfire, and and the elephant finishes the evening thinking this was great. We had a we had a, just a wonderful time together. We danced, you know, as equals. Meanwhile, at some point, the mouse got trampled and is, you know, lying an inch below the ground, mm-hmm. and the elephant hasn't sort of noticed. Uh, I, you know, I love that. I think I think it says something quite true, quite real about the fact that we can go with the best of intentions, mm, absolutely, the right heart, and just completely be, I suppose, un- unaware of the impact that we have and how we can railroad people in these situations. Yeah, and and you know to to be to be brutally honest, I think I think there are still many mistakes being made in this area. Um, I think. Okay, I'm going to be honest. Be honest. <laughs> we can take it. I think a lot of big uh, one of the big trends that's occurred in the last few years is is mega churches, larger churches going out to do, to do missions. Uh, they don't necessarily have very much experience. They they don't go with an agency. They feel they're big enough to go and do it themselves, and um, and they are the elephant. Um, and, and frankly, you know, a huge amount of damage is caused um, because one of the other things that we notice, particularly with 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 church donors, is that they they can very quickly. Um, well, no, let, me, let me put it another way. They have basically have short attention spans because there's so much pressure from their congregation to get reports, to do things certain ways, uh, you know, all of this kind of thing. Um, often the, they're so outcome-focused that they, 
you know, with short time frames that uh, that they just blunder around and 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 make a mess and 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 hurt people on the, in the process. And frequently we're asked to come along and rescue people out there uh, who have had this kind of experience and something started, taken off, gone off with a bang. And a couple of years later, it's kind of like dwindling, and they can't keep it going, and people are disappointed and hurt and damaged, and you know, worse off than they were two years ago. Yeah, we have a graph. You know, I've used it and and talk about Bright Hope World and in many contexts where it talks about the different time frame expectations when yeah. you look at, at partnership. And so, you know, if, if something terrible has happened, you have a community that's, um, you know, Nepal after the earthquake or or perhaps much of the world after, you know, coronavirus, uh, you know, we leave that behind. Well, you have something that happens and you, 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 you're in that relief space. You're just trying to put food in people's hands or, or medicine. And this is, this is months and years. And then you uh, move into the rehabilitation phase and you're trying to get people back uh, to where they were. That's certainly years. And and arguably, you know, Christchurch after an earthquake, um, you know, nearly 10 years ago, we're still in that phase and, you know, in in a developed country. Then when you move into the development phase, which is where Bright Hope World lives, where you're trying to transform communities, you're trying to see communities maybe that have, have spent... You know, many generations in poverty. You're trying to lift them out of there. It's it's decades. It's you know it's it's a great long time that you're investing in these partnerships. But you know, is it not true that many that step into that development phase are really looking for results in a year or two, and can get disillusioned or withdraw out of the partnership if those results don't come quickly enough? Absolutely, and those time frames are are almost unchangeable. Uh, they're determined by by the processes that, that just have to happen, um, and and you can't really shorten them up. So so when a, a donor wants to get involved, they need to understand their own time frames that you know that they're working to. So you know, take take for example, you want to end sex trafficking. All right, the sex trade. Uh, if you want to do that in two or three years, well, good luck to you. But that's not a that's not an aid or relief situation. You're talking about a, you know, a development maybe into a what you would call a reform area, which is probably the fourth level of that, which is going to take generations. So you know, you cannot approach a something that that just requires long term involvement by jumping in. Doesn't matter how much money you throw up the front end of that. You can't speed up those timeframes because every Every country operates by you know within with different time frames. They they operate even between rural and urban. There's there's a difference in terms of how things operate. You know there's certain rhythms that that you just you can't you can't speed up. And so so understanding that about yourself when you get involved in this is and, and you know is really important. Um, and and so as you said, you know a lot of our partners. Most of our partners live in the top end of rehabilitation and to the bottom end of, of reform, and so they're mostly straddled across across development. And so you're going to get involved in a partnership, you know, this is a minimum of ten years. Strapping, it's going to take yeah, time. Yeah, it's going to take time. Don't you know? Don't don't expect things to happen overnight or by one meeting or one seminar. Um, you know, long term engagement, and and that's why, and we, and we said it in an earlier, in earlier. Uh, a session that 
uh, finding people who are already embedded in their own community is is the only way to to bring about uh, that sustainable, deep, uh, ongoing uh, change. All right, we're going to take a, a little break there and then come back and talk about um, where the initiative sits, how you develop strategies, how you you know uh, sit in a partnership with equal value in the. Uh, and an equal ability to speak into the things that are going to be done. We will be right back on It Ain't That Simple, Mate. It Ain't That Simple, Mate is brought to you by Lamai Coffee. Lamai Coffee is the finest quality organic Arabica coffee from the northern hills of Thailand. We at Bright Hope World import the green beans into New Zealand and we roast them to perfection, then sell them to discerning coffee drinkers. We're all volunteers on the team, so all the profits go back into great community projects in Thailand, and that is why we call it the world's best-tasting act of kindness. You can order Lamai coffee or find out more at lamai.co.nz. It ain't that simple, mate. Welcome back. You are listening to It Ain't That Simple, mate, with Fraser Scott and Kevin Honore. Kev, just continue on this discussion that we're having about partnership. Uh, we, we say in Bright Hope World that uh, the initiative stays at the field end. So we don't come in with the big ideas. We don't understand the, the context. We don't understand the uh, local culture and the issues. And, and so we're partnering with people on the ground that live in that world. That's That's... That's why we're partnering with them. They're the best to address those things. But by the same token, we don't want to just be passive observers. We have some experience. We have some uh, skills. We've we've seen things in other contexts that may apply. How do you strike that balance? How do you make it so that you have two voices at the table um, that that both have equal value? I mean, I think I think when you first get involved, it. it it should be basically one voice at the table. It should start there. It should be it should be those guys telling their story, um, and and most of the talking should be by by them. And and it's very much a, a questioning and listening kind of exercise in the first instance. Um, as they get to know you and you start to share a bit of your story, then then it, it evens up a little bit um, because as you say, I mean we. We have got some experience in this, but but the the whole thing rises and falls on the on the way you go about it. You know, if you respect people and they learn to respect you, you go with humility. Uh, you go to serve their their vision and 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 purpose, and, and and you know you're not you're not trying to get them to join your team and do things your way. Um, you know, I found it's it's actually. For most people that you go to and you, and you go like this, it's a shock to them. They find it really hard to to. It's maybe the first time they've ever met somebody that's actually asking them genuine questions about what their dream is, what their what their vision is, and so. And that's again why time and 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 coming at it from various angles over a period of time is is so important. Uh, yeah, I think of that that story. It's in one of the books we've read. I, I don't remember which, but it was a group of people from a Western country that shall remain nameless. You know, went to help out. I think it was in the agricultural sphere. Went to help out a group of 
villages. Oh, on, that was written by that, that, that Italian guy. Oh, I can't remember his name now. Yeah, no, we'll and then it was a great, yeah. great story. And, yeah. he, and he says, that, you know, they came in and saw this great arable land right beside the river and said, look, you know, we, we think we should um, help you to plant watermelons there. And the people said, oh, that sounds like a great idea. Let's, let's do that. And they went along with it. And they planted the watermelons and they grew really, really well. And uh, they were ready to be harvested, and the hippos came out of the river and ate all the watermelons. And these Westerners were devastated by this, so disappointed. And the villagers comforted them and said, yeah, that's why we don't plant anything there, because the hippos just come out and, and eat, and, eat it. <laughs> and, and the point of the story being, you know, if, if they'd have asked the question, then they, they would have been told, oh, no, there's a very good reason that we don't do that. But again, that sort of deferential a- attitude is, you know, well, if if you think it's a good idea, we'll stand back and let you do it. How do you get past that? How do you uh, how do you learn to ask those questions? Well, it's it's the way you go. I mean, it, it's it's a you know, I mentioned the word humility, but it's when you go into a community, it's it, often it's it's easy to say, okay, well, so what are your problems? And that becomes your first question. But where the the way to go is to actually ask, well, what do you have? What are your assets? And and to start with that, well, immediately you do that, you're on a positive, you're on a positive footing. You're, you're um, focusing on the strengths of the, the strengths community rather the than the weaknesses. Now, the, you know, and obviously, inevitably, the 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 issues, the problems, and the negatives will come out in terms of conversation. But you start on uh, on that footing, and, and and by doing that, you put them in in a sense in in charge of the agenda. So they start listing what they're and and, and again, you know, often. They're not even aware of some of the assets they might have because they've never seen them as an asset before. Um, so you know, going back to Zambia, which which I, I probably know best, the three big assets that rural people have in in, in Zambia is land. I mean, virtually anyone who's part of a tribal group in in Zambia is has access to land through his chief. So uh, Zambia, you know, is full of water. It's the source of a number of the biggest rivers in Africa. And then the third one, and this is the one that they don't often see as an asset, is time. Because a lot of them, uh, you know, they, they they don't value their time. They, they are, they're peasants. They grow up, and so they never factor time into the cost of, 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 of growing a crop or producing anything. And so if you've got land, water, time, and there's plenty of air, I mean, what, what else do you need to be a successful farmer? Um, you know? That's the four things you need, um, apart from some some information, perhaps, and 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 so, you know, in that case, the only thing we bring to the table is maybe some information, and they've got all the other Mindset assets, stuff, yeah. yeah. And so, and so, you go with that kind of that kind of attitude. Let's let's start on a positive footing here, and and then as we start working through what the the strategy uh, might be that they're developing. Yeah, you tweak it a bit and that, but it, but it's it's got to stay their dream, and you've just got to keep passing the ball back to them um, to take the initiative. So this this really does preclude micromanagement, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, absolutely. You, you you can't you know based on what you're describing, you you can't partner if you are constantly breathing down their neck, if you are wanting to see the books, you know, every day. Uh, you know that that is not going to be a trust-based relationship. That is going to build initiative and leadership at that end, is it? No, no, not at all. And uh, and that's why trust, you know, complete implicit faith in the in the people you're working with, uh, which, as we've said, takes a lot of time, 
is is an essential ingredient ingredient to this. It's 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 what makes it fail or, or, or succeed in many cases. I mean, you can have a you know a document ten pages thick and you know you know lawyers signed it and you've spent a hundred thousand dollars making it and you've got your signature on it. Doesn't mean a thing if there's no trust and. Uh, and and that's you know to be a little bit critical. That's where a lot of NGOs fall over. They just do not find the right people and don't spend enough time developing the uh, the relationship. And, and and I can understand why. It's because it's driven from outside in, and they they have donors on their back, ex- you know, with 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 expectations that they have to meet in terms of time and. And, and budget and all, all that kind of stuff. So I know, I know, you know, anyone that's listening to this, and we, we, you know, we've come to this point, is going to say, "So, Kev, how do we find these people? I mean, we, we say they're exceptional. I've, I've certainly called them the, the the best of the best amongst the poorest of the poor. How do we find them? When we were doing this in the early days, we would just go to a place and wander around and see what was happening to some degree. Um, but at the end of the day, the, the most effective way is, is to is to have someone recommended to you from someone else. So you, you hear about somebody through somebody, um, and you just go and 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 you 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 watch, uh, talk to people about them, um, and just you, you've got to find their you know what's their heart, what's what's their what's their dream, what's the the passion, what's driving them to to be different from the rest of the crowd. Um, and they're not hard to recognise when you see them, when you find them, they, because they stand they, out. They stand out. Di- yes, they do. They're different, you know. The whole community's going one way, and they're going the opposite, and uh, often laughed at. Um, can sometimes be on the a little bit on the outer, um, uh, because they don't. In a, in, in a communal culture, uh, you know, when an individual stands out, they they can be a little bit of a leper. <laughs> in that sense, you know, they're, they're just a bit. Um, too strange. Um, uh, so you, you just got to be careful. And one of the things we we've kind of noticed too, we we tend to find these key people. Um, some people would knock on the front door and go in through the the main entrance. They they go through the power brokers in a community, and but the problem with that is you end up you know spending so much time on the way through, and and a lot of your resource gets soaked up in having to. Get that guy to the right meeting and and all this kind of stuff and and the 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 trickle down kind of thing in most cases isn't isn't a successful model um, or you know the resource all gets used up before it gets down um, to, to where it needs to be so we go in much lower down the process than most would and we look at this trickle out kind of mentality so we're looking for a person who has a vision for his people not just for himself or for herself. Uh, they're already doing something. They've got their skin in the game. They've started something. They're not just talking about it. Uh, those people stand out in the community well, when you can get down there low enough. One of the the challenges in this, and you know, you, we're dealing with real people, and, and we're particularly focused in Bright Hope World on entrepreneurial people. These are self starters. These are people of uh, initiative. As you, you said, they sometimes um, swim against the tide a little bit. Part of that, and, and really a necessary part, is, is these are people who don't uh, necessarily do what they're told. They're people that are sometimes uh, a bit difficult. Um, they might be given money for one thing, but they see a more urgent need, and so they divert to another. You know, how how do we as an organisation cope with that? How do you 
cope with that person that's not easy to corral that doesn't always do what they're told that is sometimes a bit you know left of center what you know how do you manage that uh, well you have a strong relationship with them we just keep coming back to that and so everything's on the table you can talk about it um we would expect our uh, the, our partners to push the envelope that's the type of people they are um for us you know entrepreneurism is 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 part of what we're looking for people who will take a risk here or there with people or and sometimes with resources um However, we do try to keep in touch with them as often as we can, and 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 one of the expectations is that you know if if funds are, if we we decide what we're going to do this year and 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 we agree that this is what we'll do and and this is what the re, what resources required and we provide that if there's a major change we would expect them to be talking to us about that that's that's part of the mutuality of of um, of the uh, of the relationship, but at the same time if, if if you know in these poor communities there's so much that's out of people's control i mean if we're really honest even in the west so much of life is out of our control um and we have to do you know we have to listen and, and trust the instincts of, of of our partners so so even if they would come to us and talk to us there's every chance that we would say yeah okay yeah i hear what you're saying that's there's good reason for that um and so there's just an ongoing dialogue that's that's um, you know be- becomes the context for decision making or, or 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 visiting and 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 as you say we you, you can't check every line item in a in a budget um, and get it right. I mean if if <laughs> we're a little bit cynical that if if the books balance you know down to the last <laughs> it's, cent, it's not a good sign. Uh, not a good sign. <laughs> Um, there's going to be a little bit of, I mean, slippage in a positive way. There's going to be a bit of, of movement around the, the, the core activities and, and, and what, what can be achieved. But we know that if, if, you, if you send a kid to school and at a primary school level in, in most of the world, it's going to cost you know, 180-ish dollars a year. If you're going to send them to secondary school, it's going to cost around 300-ish dollars a year. You get, you get the, a sense of, 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 you know, of what's um, yeah, realistic and, and, and whether the, the – and if it's 22 kids that go to school and two drop out and they only end up with 20, well, so be it. You know, let's 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 live with the the slippage and let's um, let's distrust those people and, and and grow. And then when something, if something does go wrong, we're not going to walk away quickly. I mean, we may have to stop things, we may have to change things for a while. But but how many times have we stuffed up in the <laughs> in in the things that we're doing? And and even in our walk with God, how many times does He have to forgive us and? And and bring us back, you know, um, and and then pick us up, and and then we we start off again. It's 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 all about that kind of relationship we're building with people. Is I guess one of the challenges in that is, you know, as we've said right from the beginning, this is about relationship. You know, we form relationship with these people. You stay in their homes, you get to know them, you play with their kids, you eat with them, you drink coffee with them. Uh, and that develops over time. How do you avoid losing your objectivity? Because you know there is a relationship, and and that's critically important. But these people are also developing initiatives. They're making decisions to reach people. It might be a microloans program or a school or whatever it is. Uh, 
Is there a sense in which you can get too close? You can lose your objectivity in that relationship? I'm not sure that getting too close and losing objectivity are mutually exclusive. I think, think, yes, you you can lose your objectivity. and and that's why you know you need to you need to be able referring back to somebody else and and one of the real benefits we have is we go out and we visit partners especially the established ones is that, you know we would frequently say look we're we're not here to make the decision we we we're collecting the information we're going to go back we're going to pray about it we're going to put together a proposal we're going to take it back to our exec we're going to make uh, you know, a, a decision about that. We may come back to you with some more questions before we do something. So there's there's a bit of a process that goes on because, you know, it, it's it's a frightfully difficult position to be in, to be there as the donor, you know. So even though we might be the donor <laughs> and, and that, you know, it's Bright Hope that's actually doing funding this particular partnership, um, I don't want to be there as the donor. Otherwise, the dynamics all change. I cease to be their friend. I cease to be a partner. I become uh, the checkbook or the the ATM machine. And they're trying to screw as much as they can out of me kind of thing. It's inevitable. That's 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 what money does. It corrupts relationships. So it's probably worth explaining there that, you know, how our – um, our, our way of doing partnership works is we have partnership facilitators that look, you know, that have those relationships. They then make recommendations back to our executive, you know, our, our sort of leadership group, who then, as dispassionately as we can, makes decisions with a with a global context. So we're looking at that microloans program in Zambia versus a microloans program in Thailand, and and so there is there is, I suppose. Um, a, a, a little bit more objectivity that comes yeah. into it, but the recommendation of the partnership facilitators is critically important because, as you say, money changes relationships, and I, I, I want to explore that a little bit. Um, you know, some people may have heard that before, and, and particularly in an African context, money changes relationships. So, just winding back to you know when we're developing a partnership, a, a relationship. At some point, money is introduced. How does that work? How how can that complicate the relationship? How do we manage that? Yeah, it's a, it is a tricky one. Um, one one kind of I guess backroom issue that's going on is that, that when we when we start a new partnership, uh, and it may be for the first two or three years of that partnership, um, Bright Hope World would would be funding that out of, of out of our own resources so not not out of you know, we wouldn't have a, a specific donor involved unless we you know a donor came along and said you know I'm willing to take the risk because inevitably when money starts uh, the dynamics start changing well you imagine okay here's, here's a guy sitting out in the village in the back end of Africa this white guy comes along and stays with him for two or three days wanders around the village everybody sees of course everybody knows what's going on and the white guy goes well the first thing that's going to happen is the rest of the village is going to go now did he leave any money for me um kind of thing and and the guy will say no no he didn't leave any money at all oh, well they don't believe him so uh so already he's on the back foot a year goes past the white guy comes again um you know second visit Still not entirely sure whether this is the right thing to do or not. And as soon as the white guy's left the village, come on, man, he's been back a second time. He's lived, given you some money, and I bet he's left some from us. No, he hasn't done that. By this stage, you know, 
everybody's laughing at him. You know, you, <laughs> he's not doing so well so he's far. Not doing so well. Um, his dream to do whatever he wanted to do is still crippled, you know, crippled or, or hobbling along without without any help. But then some money arrives. Now everybody that's rejected him or got, or, or left his board because there's no there's no money all now want to rejoin the board. They all want to get back on board with this thing, and it's like all the dynamics in the village change, right? Um, and Precious, come on, that guy, like we would never understand in the West. Um, his uncle will come visit and stay until all the money's gone, or expect to. And you know, I can tell you a story after story about how, how, how all that stuff messes up. So in the, in the first couple of years of, 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 a, of a partnership, there's some settling down required. And um, because, you know, a, a dollar in some places is a, is a hugely significant amount of money. Um, it's a whole day's wages, you know. How much are you earning a day? Well, that's that much. <laughs> Does that then speak to, you know, once that relationship is is in place and up and running, is it important then to keep a bit of a light touch? I mean, I'm, I'm guessing if you're then there every six months, maybe even every year, that, again, the, the village, the community's watching and, and, you know, with the expectation, is it important to then sort of let them get on with it Yep. not be there too often absolutely you know there's some, some partnerships that we have where we've never visited the the beneficiaries of the partnership we may and in some cases the partner we've invited them to come out of their place to, to meet us somewhere else so that other local people can't see them uh see that we've been there um just to protect them and, and to protect what, what uh, the the whole partnership and so you just have to be really sensitive around around that stuff, um, and, and 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 you know for us it's for us our relationship is with the key people. It's not with the beneficiaries, you know. So we have a partnership with that guy who has a relationship with the people that he's working with, and I don't need to meet every beneficiary of every partnership. Um, that, that's not what it's about. In fact, you know, going down there and meeting them can again distort the whole thing because you know nowadays with social media and ease of access you know you go and visit all these people in a sewing program you could get five or six you know whatsapp messages the next day uh, or or requests for friendship on facebook because everybody's got access to it now when you see you know with micro loans programs if if someone is you know really having to work to pay back that you know fifty dollar loan and then get wind of the fact that actually this money came from the West. It's like, oh, well, I, I don't have to pay it back that's, now. That's not a big deal. Yeah. So being invisible, not a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting right now, we've just been having a bit of a dialogue with a, with a partner in, in Zimbabwe. That we, it's at that time of year where we're starting to look at next year's budgets. And, and he's been sending in reports. And, and often in the report, it would be he, he writes the story from somebody. And, and you know, at the end of it, he would say, Oh, and these people thank Bright Hope World for the for their help and blah blah blah. And I, so you know, just a month ago, I went back to them and said, "Please, we don't want those people to know that Bright Hope World's involved. This is about you guys and your people, not about us and your people." And we do have one or two partners around the world that have named their ministry Bright Hope <laughs> India or Bright Hope whatever. Rob Perdue is particularly like, oh, happy about that one. Yeah, those yeah. Ones. <laughs> All right, well, there you have it. That's uh, a bit of an overview about uh, what it means to partner with the poor. And it, look, to give a little Bright Hope World plug here, this is you know many, many decades of 
uh, experience have uh, reached this point and we have a fantastic team of people who are really good at doing this. It is not an easy thing to do. It is very uh, easy to get wrong. And so on our uh, next podcast, we're actually going to delve down that pipe a little bit and look at the five worst ways to address poverty. And a, and a warning, if, if you're in this space, and, and you know this is reflective of mistakes we've made as well, it might be a little uncomfortable. You might shift a little uneasily in your seat. As uh, I probably will. Yeah, well, again, these are these are lessons we've learned largely f- uh, through doing the wrong thing. Uh, so do join us uh, again for that podcast. And the week after we're going to look, uh, or the podcast after we're going to look at the five best ways so that, you know, we, we start with uh, the negative, but we end on the positive because that's what we're about. Uh, once again, we, we love getting uh, feedback, questions, uh, thoughts, comments, challenges, uh, even complaints, uh, which will be largely about the controversial things that Kevin says. Send all of that Thanks, to Fraser. yeah. I'm ha- happy to do it. Send all of that to podcast at brighthopeworld.com. And uh, while you're on the internet, do visit our website uh, brighthopeworld.com. There is a huge amount of information there, uh, as well as as write ups of some of the concepts that we're talking about. You can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash brighthopeworld. There's uh, another way to connect with us. Yeah, we are always very excited to hear stories, get questions, and interact with people. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll bring this one to a close. Any final thoughts, Kev, on partnership? No, probably probably not right now. It's um, we're not saying that, that it's not a good idea to get involved. You know, don't don't interpret what we're saying that way. But make sure that when you go, you go well prepared, and you go with a. Uh, with humility and a willingness to serve. Uh, and if you go with the right attitude and you leave your checkbook at home, things will, the good, the good things will happen. Money does not buy influence. Right. I am Fraser Scott, here with Kevin Honore. You have been listening to It Ain't That Simple, Mate, the Bright Hope World podcast. Thanks for joining us, and we look forward to uh, talking about poverty and missions and all things related to serving the poorest of the poor with you next time. Bye for now.